Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. A little Sunday mailbag. Sunday mailbag. Very easy to get in these mailbags. We put one out Sunday. You, you might hell. You might be watching uh, Tampa play Seattle right now. We also put it out at the end of the podcast on Tuesday. Easiest way to get in these mailbags. There's actually only one way. Instagram at John Middlecoff. That's my name. That's my handle. And the DMs wide open. Fire in those DMs. Get it here on the show. You listen on Collins feed. Make sure you subscribe to the three and out feed. Greatly appreciate everyone that listens. Let me tell you about my friends at TurtleBox. TurtleBox is the loudest, most portable, and truly waterproof Bluetooth speaker on the market. Trust me, I'd know. Today, I was working middle of the day on Thursday, and I was like, you know what? I need some tunes. So I turn that thing on. I start blasting some grunge music, early 90s rock, and this thing is just slumping. I'm like, yeah, Turtle Box is the you-know-what. And even better, they're now offering pro and collegiate team colors. So you're a Packer fan, you're a Steeler fan, you're an Ohio State fan, you're a Michigan fan. Get on my friends at Turtle Box because here's the thing. You can listen to it basically all day. You're at a barbecue, you're at a pool party, you're, I guess, no pool parties, it's winter, but you're indoors, you're having a party, you want it to blast all over the house. Ultra long battery life. Trust me, I know. I haven't, I've charged it one time, I've been using it for weeks. It is fantastic. Go to turtleboxaudio.com. That's turtleboxaudio.com. Use the promo code John, I spell it J O H N, and get $20 off your order as well as free shipping. Trust me, I cannot recommend. Turtle Box, enough. I tell all my friends, I tell obviously you guys, go get it right now. TurtleBoxAudio.com, promo code John, $20 off your first order and free shipping. Before we dive into the mailbag, I just, uh, I'm recording this Saturday, you know, basically dinner time. It's five o'clock here in Arizona. I just finished watching 
Alabama against Ole Miss. I've been saying for a while, uh, I thought the number one overall pick at quarterback was up in the air. I I don't think it's up in the air anymore. You know, he's small, but he is clearly not even close the best quarterback in the country. Bryce Young is just a remarkable player. I actually think he's the best Alabama quarterback in the Saban era. He's definitely the most talented. I mean, he's way more talented than Mac or Tua. And those two guys were the best. I mean, Saban had never had a quarterback go that high. And someone, I I put something out on Instagram and someone like in the comments was like, what about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, Jalen got benched. Jalen is a dramatically better college or I mean NFL player than he was in college as a passer. Bryce is the best total package that Alabama's ever had. The problem for Bryce is unlike Tua and Mac, he's not playing with a stacked deck. I, I think this is the least talented Alabama team of the Saban powerhouse era. I mean, since they've been kicking ass and taking names, least talented team. I mean, I just watched them play Lane Kiffin. The talent on the field, it, it doesn't look that dramatic of a difference between Ole Miss. Now, Lane's, you know, what's he, 8-2 and two this year? He went 10-3 and three last year. He's having one of the great two-year runs in like Ole Miss modern-day history. But still, like this... The talent gap at Alabama and Ole Miss, beside when Hugh Freeze was paying all those dudes uh, illegally. Now, I mean, for me, I don't care. I'm pro-capitalism. You can pay whoever you want, even before, like, NCAA, get the fuck out of here. But you know what I mean. You know, the Tunzels, the, forget the wide receiver's name, but they had some dudes. And other than that, like, Ole Miss, should there should be a dramatic talent difference. And you just, the eye test shows you there's not. It, it really does. Also, the true freshman right now, number 40 at LSU, the guy looks like Vaughn Miller. I mean, if he was eligible for the draft, and again, he's a true freshman, I, I, I don't know how he wouldn't go in the top 10 as like an 18, 19-year-old. He is he has something that even Will Anderson, who's going to go in the probably the top five, does not have. That ability to turn the corner and bend like that, I mean... In the last decade, Von Miller has really kind of been an outlier with that move. It's it's an unstoppable pass rush move. When you can bend and get low, he took over the game against Arkansas. Brian Kelly and LSU was going to go to the SEC championship game and play Georgia because that guy today. He saved them. They, they, they were getting outplayed, especially in the second half. I, I thought they were going to lose, but he, he refused to let them lose. And of course, they did not. Okay, let's start with the middle cough mailbag. Derek, uh, here's a hot take for you. Bryce Young will be a bust in the NFL. Alabama does not produce great NFL quarterbacks because they are used to playing with the best wide receivers, best running backs, and best offensive line every year. He's undersized and plays very similar to Jalen Hurts. However, Jalen went to a talented and already developed team where he could work and blossom. Bryce is going to be the number one overall pick and go to a team really needing help. Well, here's the thing. Jalen played on a team at Alabama and at Oklahoma with dramatically better players than what Bryce is dealing with at Alabama. I'm watching Bryce at Alabama. He's not playing with first-round wide receivers. Maybe that tight end, number 81, might be. Running back's okay. Uh, Doesn't feel like they're super loaded at the offensive line. This is easily, in my opinion, the worst group of talented players. Now, relative to the rest of the country, of course, they, they would take those guys. But let's not act like he's playing with Jerry Judy, you know, Ruggs. Uh, who am I missing? Judy, Ruggs, Devontae Smith, you know, 
Uh, Jamison Williams, remember last year, he did deal with him. That guy's long gone. Mechie, who was a second-round pick. Second-round pick? Yeah, towards ACL, battling leukemia. Hopefully, he gets uh, he fights that bad boy off. Kind of crazy. Tear your ACL, then you, then you deal with cancer. Uh, feel for Mechie. But yeah, th- this Alabama team is not that great. I, I would say he's dramatically, I mean dramatically better of a passer at this stage, you know, three years into college than Jalen Hurts. Not even close. And he's much more of an explosive passer than Tua at the same time. Question for the mailbag. Have you watched Israel Abenkandada at Pitt? He's a running back and reminds me of Kenneth Walker. Not saying he's that good, but similar type of speed and also crazy season in college. With guys like that coming out, I've never thought of drafting a running back high in the top 50, but outside the top 20. Is good value as you can get a star caliber player locked up for four or five years at a position that is usually good right away. I usually thought the issue was the second contract due to the West, the wear and tear at the position. Why don't more teams take the strategy at running back of taking elite prospects, just replacing them with their rookie contract expires? Yeah, I I just think in a perfect world, it's easy to say that. And then you get to the team, you're like, well, I need a tackle, I need a corner, and I need a guard and a middle linebacker. Like, you just got other needs, right? It's easy to go into the store and be like, you know what? I just need turkey. That's My wife sent me to the store just to get turkey and cheese so we can make turkey sandwiches. Then you get in there, you're like, well, actually, you know, I can grab some chicken, I grab some steaks, oh, there's some chips, oh, there's some salad. Like, I grab a lot of things. I grab some beer. So I think the draft just opens your mind like you can go in with, well, hell, this is a great strategy. Every three or four years, replace a new running back. And then you get to the draft, you're like, well, our right tackle and right guard suck. And it's the second or third round, and we're going to take a guard and we're going to take a safety because we need those two positions. So I hear you, and I understand what you're saying, but I think sometimes that's easier said than done. I, I guess it's probably the best way to say that. I'll be in Vegas in December, staying on the Strip, looking for a reasonably priced golf course nearby. Any public courses you recommend? You know, to be honest with you, I've never played golf in Vegas in my entire life. Now, I would imagine, a lot like Arizona, your public courses are going to be pretty expensive. Why? Because you have good weather in Vegas, you know, in when you're going in December. In theory. Now, it, who knows? It could be hit or miss. It's it's cold here right now. I'm wearing a sweatshirt and pants. But I don't have don't have any recommendations for you. That's, that's something I need to check off my bucket list. Play some golf in Vegas. From Stewart. Just curious why you're so down on Steve Wilkes in Carolina. He had one year in Arizona where he was dealt J- uh, Josh Rosen. Now he's in Carolina with P.J. Walker. Other than maybe Belichick, no one wins with those quarterbacks. Well, here's my thing. He was coming off, Bruce Arians had just been consistently winning, and I'm pretty sure the year before, they had gone 8-8. Eight and eight. And then obviously he led them, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, they were 15, they traded up for Josh Rosen. What I saw out of Steve Wilkes that year was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen. He tried to force-feed a defense. I'm not a huge believer. Like, when you inherit a team, and you're trying to be competitive. You're not trying to tank. And they clearly were not. Figure out what works with the team you have. And then over time, you can kind of change the defense. Well, they played a 3-4. And then the next year, he tried to play a 4-3. And I'm pretty sure they had the worst defense in the league. 
It's like you're a defensive guy. Can't you just figure out what defense to run for your players? Like ultimately, you can't turn over the roster in one year as a brand new head coach. They were a lifeless, anemic group. Now, you could argue that Josh Rosen sucked, and ultimately, big picture, he definitely did. He's a lifetime practice squad player. He's not even a backup. Technically, I think he might. No, I don't even think he's a backup right now. So, I I, I just, what I saw, and I watch a lot of NFC West football, that was bad. I've seen some bad coaches over the years, right? Jim Tom Sula, Steve Wilkes, Chip Kelly. Like, he's on the short list of just most embarrassing, lifeless teams. Like, listen, I'm watching the Cardinals. I actually just broke down, and on Friday afternoon, I turned on their hard knocks. I will give them this. When I watch the Cardinals play, I don't necessarily see a gutless group. I see guys play hard. I just see terrible coaching and very hit-or-miss quarterback play. And if you wanted to have one knock on Bryce, like one thing that kind of hit me watching hard knocks and thinking about Kyler is what if there's just a fundamental flaw that Kyler can never overcome? Despite loving to play video games and not loving to watch film, he just simply can't see. Why? He's short. Like, why can't a guard guard a center in basketball? Well, in the NBA, your point guard is six foot three and the center is six foot eleven. There's just a size mismatch. He's got fucking seven, eight inches on the guy. Nine inches, ten inches, who knows? Like Kyler Murray's five foot ten, trying to look over guys six foot four. So th- there's an element of just you can't see. And I-, I do wonder if that factors in sometimes with uh, Kyler's struggles. Is high matters, right? There's a reason why most good quarterbacks in the history of the league have been like six three, six four, six five, because you're playing in front of taller players. Hey John, new fan of the show, eighteen year listener to Colin, and found you at the volume. So glad you two linked up. So it's not a football, but I'm a golfer and I'm worried about the future of the sport. I'm a diehard Tiger Woods fan that used to watch every round as much as it was available. These days I'm tuning in on the back nine of the majors. We're the same age. So you know the effect Tiger had on the sport. I just worry as he phases out, if it leaves the sport in shambles from a viewer standpoint. I know golf will be fine because everyone loves to play. But what do you think needs to happen to get my mom and family watching on Sunday again? And not just me. Anyways, love the work. Uh, Own some restaurants here in Appalachian, uh, North Carolina, Appalachian country. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for the note. There is no replacing Tiger Woods. Just like there was no replacing Michael Jordan. Or there will be no replacing, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Like there are certain transcendent stars, but even Tiger is on a completely different level than Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. That's a bad comparison. I think Michael Jordan's a better one. Sometimes when I see LeBron on ads, and listen, I'm not trying to sound like a hater, but like I feel like LeBron peaked five years ago. I understand that he's in LA and he's with the big money guys, but like these companies that are having him be the front man for the ads is a bad idea. I think his... Uh, I, what's his Q rating with the average fan is not as high as these companies think. Because when I see LeBron, I fucking go, ugh. Whenever I talk about LeBron with random people, I get negative responses. To me, there are a couple guys in the history of sports that like, when you say their name, you just go, damn. Michael and Tiger are definitely one, and 1A and 1B in my mind. So there is no replacing Tiger Woods. They never will. And they more than likely, we may never see a Tiger again. 
unless Charlie Woods becomes the next Tiger, and the likelihood of that is very is slim to none. Though, if you're on the internet, you see Tiger is catting for Charlie and trying to turn him into like a Tiger 2.0. But I, I don't think they're... You can't replace that. And they're never going to do the television ratings that they once did. I think the thing you can hope is that people, I would say like 25 to 40 over the last several years, have gotten into golf when they did not play before. So it's becoming much more of a casual public sport. And I would say over the last like half decade, a lot more random people that never would have played. When I was a kid, golf was a rich country club sport. I know a ton of guys, like blue-collar people, plumbers, construction workers that play golf now that 20, 30 years ago never would have played golf. So the more and more people that play golf, the more and more people that will watch golf. You watch what you play, right? Like, why do so many people watch the NFL? Well, by far, the most amount of people in America for high school sports play football. It's just a numbers game, right? Some schools have 70, 80 people play high school football. So if you can get more and more people into golf, more and more people to watch. But how they replace Tiger, there is no replacing Tiger. Like you don't replace, you don't replace that. You can replace Babe Ruth. You can hell, you can replace Tom Brady. You can't replace Tiger Woods. Longtime listener from Japan, love listening to the pod. I'm a general consumer of the NBA, but recently started watching the NFL too. The Warriors haven't been great to say the least. I know these games won't matter, but there are also reasons why uh, they have a suboptimal record. Their bench stinks as much as their productivity. They don't fucking cheer as much as great Warriors teams have been doing over the over the years. God, you're dialed in. So the question is to you, how much does the cheering on the bench mob matter when there are a lot more guys on the sideline than basketball? Do teams try to get certain types of personalities on their squad? I think the issue, like, yeah, I, I would imagine that matters in the NBA specifically. You want your backup guys, especially guys that aren't playing, to be super high character guys that are basketball junkies, right? No different than you want your special teams guys to be super tough, love football guys. You can't have your role players be like half-in guys. Like you can have Kyrie's and the James Harden's like when your best player, and you could argue Kyrie's kind of overrated, but you know what I mean. I think the main issue for the Warriors, and this speaks to a lot of NFL teams too, when you get the opportunity to draft high, and the Warriors did, they got J- uh, James Wiseman, number two overall. They got Jonathan Kaminga, number seven overall. And they got uh, Moses Moody from Arkansas, I think 13th or 14th. That's the equivalent of having, like, obviously the number two pick. The seventh pick in the NBA is probably equivalent to a top two or three pick. And Moses Moody, top 14 picks, the equivalent of like a top 10 pick. You got to hit on those guys. And right now, none of them can play. Wiseman is benched. The, Wiseman and Moody have not played the last couple games. So, this dog's going nuts. So, the, the reality is, when you get high draft picks, NBA, NFL, like, you got to hit. Because when you do hit, it changes your franchise. Because that's where the most talented players are. Plus, it's where you get the pick of the litter. You can pick any player. And it looks like right now that, I don't want to say they missed, but it's not going well. It's not going well at all. Your Tony Dungy and Jason Garrett take was elite. I turned them off coming from an Australian fan. Uh, ultimately, like no one wants to watch Tony Dungy and Jason Garrett talk to us about football on Sunday night. Not, not a soul, except the NBC executives. And they're obviously making a lot of money. 
Like, I just don't know who who raised their hand and go, this is a good idea. Like, that exec, to me, is terrible at his job. He's awful at his job. And you know a lot of executives in sports televisions? I mean, just turn on television. Fucking awful. Like, who, who wants to watch this crap? And you check out the numbers. The majority of these TV shows, and this notion that, like, you, you could put me, you, you could put the dog on Sunday Night Football. It would not matter. Like, we're all watching it no matter what. So those guys have nothing to do with the ratings. Absolutely nothing. It is. It's a... Tony Dungy hasn't said anything meaningful forever. Jason Garrett, like, no one wants to watch Jason Garrett talk to me about the NFL. Probably a good guy. Was an average, mediocre coach. Like, I I don't want to hear from... He smiles all the time. Like, stop smiling, Jason. It's very weird. He He smiles too much. Question for the pod. With way recent quarterback contracts for non-top five quarterbacks are looking disastrous. Stafford, Russell Wilson, Kyler, Aaron Rodgers. Do you think that the market for non-top five quarterbacks will reset? Or do you anticipate quarterback contracts to continue going up after all? Well, here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers, he was back-to-back MVP. They, They had to pay him. Kyler, awful contract. But we all knew that was bad. Russell Wilson, you know... That was a tough spot. They traded the farm for him. They didn't really have a choice. Matt Stafford, they just won the Super Bowl. So I think beside Kyler Murray, all these contracts are pretty understandable. Here's the reality. When you invest a massive contract in a quarterback, a massive contract in an NBA star, a massive contract in a baseball player, Bryce Harper, whoever, they just got to be good. And if they're good, it's fine. The Philadelphia Phillies gave Bryce Harper $330 million. Do you know what they've never regretted? Giving Bryce Harper that money. The Kansas City Chiefs gave Patrick Mahomes a ton of money. You know what they've never thought twice about? Giving him that money. Aaron Rodgers, if he had played like he's been playing in previous years, they wouldn't even think twice. The problem is, the Lions game, he was shitty. And he's been kind of hit or miss lately. Russell Wilson's been awful. If Russell Wilson had just played like Russell Wilson in Seattle, no one would complain. You just have to live up to your contract. And it's one thing when you give average players, Dak Prescott, $160 million. Like, it's probably not going to go well. But when I give Aaron Rodgers $150 million guaranteed, and he's the back-to-back MVP, like, I expect him maybe not to keep winning MVPs, but just play like a pro bowler. Play like a top-five quarterback. I don't think that's inconceivable to ask. Same thing with Russell Wilson. Same thing with Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's been awful. Matt Stafford's been like a bottom 10 quarterback in the NFL this year. If Matt Stafford was a top 10 quarterback, like it's not that big a deal. But he's not playing very well. When you pay a premium, you have to get a premium back. Right? So all these people, anyone listening, if you bought a home over the last year, you keep telling me about your cheap interest rate, but if you paid 3x what that thing was worth two years ago, like, if your home's really nice, it's a good area, it won't matter. But if it's in an area that's a little fickle, and you're like, well, the location, the schools aren't great, like, buckle up. Don't be mad in two years or a year if fucking all hell breaks loose. Right? So, we all take calculated risks. Like, to me, there was no calculated risk on Kyler. That was insane. That was idiotic. But like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, I mean, I would say those were calculated risks that I would have probably done. I definitely would have done if I were all three teams. So I, it'd be hypocritical of me to act like dumb contract. Like I, Russell Wilson looks way shittier than he's ever looked. Matt Stafford looks awful. 
Aaron Rodgers, I get he's playing with average wide receivers, but holy shit, that Lions game, he was shitty. He, he, he was bad. I'm a Fresno State alum. I love when you talk of the dogs and Pat Hill. Quick question on the dogs quarterback, Jake Hayner. Do you think he will get drafted? I think he's a dog and has potential to play in the league. Well, he reminds me a lot of Iowa State's quarterback, Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant, drafted by the 49ers. He beat out Nate Sudfeld, and he's now, uh, technically he was a third-string guy when the season started because Jimmy Garoppolo came back, but he's the backup quarterback now. I, I think there's some similarities with those two players. Smaller guys, gunslingers, tough, uh, just guys quarterback coaches are going to like. The number one thing you have to be if you are a quarterback who's not going to be like a top three or four round guy is have traits that coaches are going to fall in love with. Toughness, instincts, uh, just absolute football junkie, love playing football, uh, football savant, you know, in terms of just always, you're basically a coach on the field, uh, can't get enough of football, just be addicted to football like a coach. And then the coach will like you a lot. I mean, that's that's the key when you're not going to be a super, super high-drafted quarterback. Like, when you're C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, like, you're going to go in the top 10. You, you don't need to have all those characteristics. Question for the pod. Do you think Brady leaves the Bucks after this season? Would he pick a team with a better coach or go with elite players? The questions are flowing now that we are moving to a throwing league. Who do you think the big trade... I think Brady's done. I think Brady will retire at the end of the season. That is my guess. It was funny for a minute when he got a divorce and everyone's like, he chose football over his family. I hate that. He did not choose football over his family. He's getting a divorce. He gets to still see his kids. He's a good dad. He gets his kids 50-50. He gets his kids as much as she does. He chose football over his wife, which, (laughs) you listen, (laughs) if you did a poll of men in America... (laughs) I would say he would not be alone, but ultimately he chose football over his wife. And, and maybe there's, I mean, obviously there's more to it than that, but I think Tom Brady will not be playing in the NFL next year. Then I think the question is, is Tom Brady calling football games for Fox next year? Because I know they signed him, but like, is he really going to be working for Fox next year? I don't know. Time will tell. Uh, I hope he is. I think that would be kind of cool. Even though I saw that Burkhart and Olsen, so Olsen will basically get demoted and Brady will fill in with Burkhart that they're they're up like 10% over last year. And listen, I, I've known Kevin just through Twitter. I don't know Joe Buck at all. So I'm not like, I think both they're both studs. But the reality is with games, like the play-by-play, having a good play-by-play guy and a good, um, you know, right-hand guy, like the football, the analysis guy is important. Because we see with the bad crews, it's hard to watch. But when they're good, like they just blend in. You don't even notice them. Like Tariko, Al Michaels, Collinsworth, Olsen, Troy Aikman. When they're bad, you notice them. But they don't like we're watching the game regardless. You could put the worst crew on Sunday Night Football, and there's not going to be any more or less people watching. Like they are just a cog into the show. Now you can argue they matter in the show, and they they do. But like if you give me Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you and I could call the game, and 35 million people are watching. Now, do we hurt the game because we suck? Yeah, of course. But do we limit the audience? I I don't think we do. That's not the case. Like, If you come to a podcast and the podcast sucks, you're turning it off. 
Like, if I don't entertain you, you won't listen. We don't make any money. Like, if you, a television show, if a television show is not good and nobody watches, it gets, it doesn't get renewed after season one. That's not the way the NFL works. The NFL, in terms of their television product. So, I, I just, I guess this is a long way of saying, like, is Tom Brady going to be any good at television? I don't know, but people will be interested. I don't want to say that long term, he'll have to be good to keep people interested, but at first, I do think they'll get a little boost from him specifically. Like, Tom Brady's doing television? I mean, he's one of the biggest stars, I mean, in the history of my life. I'm 38 years old. I mean, Tiger, obviously Jordan won, Favre, uh, he's on the, he'd be up there. I mean, he'd be in the top five for sure. He's probably the biggest NFL star in my life. He's, I mean, obviously the most accomplished, but biggest star. I feel like Favre was, it's weird. Like, obviously Tom has accomplished way more than Brett, but, and I'm not obviously off the field. Brett's got some major question marks, but in terms of stardom, it feels like Brett's a top five star in my life. Uh, you know, any sport. Send on that. Add John Middlecoff to the Instagram, fire in those DMs. Have a good weekend. Talk to everyone soon. Peace. volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash.